Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. The most important war today. That's what I'm going to be talking about. Actually, I'm going to be continuing to talk about that I started yesterday on my show. And I'm speaking to you from deep, deep in my heart and my soul, I should say, about what I feel is the most important situation, reality, use whatever words you want, that we are facing today and that we need to struggle, not just struggle through, but really, really, really fight. Because we are in a situation today where humanity, everything that we were brought up with, our values, our morals, our beliefs, our truths, etc., are not just under attack, but enslaved. We can't express ourselves today. If you just look back a few years ago, I remember seeing bumper stickers on cars in the United States saying, America, love it or leave it. People were proud to be free. People valued it. Today, freedom is looked upon as detestable. It's looked upon as provincial, as old school and unenlightened. With the left having taken over today and they're taking a hitchhiking ride on a crisis called the coronavirus pandemic, which at first frightened everyone into compliance, and now we find ourselves in these man-made jails. And I'm going to be talking about that today in the show. And how we might get ourselves out of it. This is a live show, and I hope you'll share it. We'll be right back. How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. So I'm going to start out this show again today as I did yesterday, and that is with 
some statements that were put into memes and I they're just so rational and so hard hitting because they're so rational. I I have to share them with you because it gives us a point to reset our minds to think where we are in history today. A state of emergency that lasts two years is no longer a state of emergency. It's a dictatorship. Imagine a virus so deadly you must be tested to know if you have it. I want this to sink in. Imagine a virus so deadly you must be tested to know if you have it. I want you to take off your rose-colored glasses today and I want you to use your mind and not your feelings today. I want you to use your logic instead of what you want to believe and I want you to see the world as the world. It's beautiful and it's also Sadly, because of man, I would say, ugly. But most of us don't want to see the ugliness. I know I never wanted to see the ugliness. I wanted to keep my vision of the world as I was taught it was, as I thought it was, and as I was comfortable in it. However, when you grow and you learn... You have to make a decision. Are you going to accept reality or are you going to stay with your rose-colored glasses on? Because even if you stay in your lovely world with your rose-colored glasses on, it's not going to change the reality. It's just that the Nazis are going to show up on your doorstep and you didn't, and you didn't prepare. You didn't fight. I'm using this analogy and I feel that I can Because I was raised in this. My father is a Holocaust survivor. He's still alive. He sees what's happening. He's living it. The prerequisite, not the prerequisite, the the years leading up to the Nazis marching on his doorstep, taking him out of his house, putting him into a ghetto, making him a slave. So I grew up steeped and immersed in this and his warnings to look for the red flags, to look for the warning signs and to fight and to listen to things that are unpleasant. He reminded me how Jabotinsky tried to come to the synagogues there in Poland to try to tell the Jews, wake up, Europe is on fire. And what did the Jews do? Well, some of them listened. Some of them made it out. But the majority of the quote-unquote establishment barred him from speaking in their, in their synagogues. Jabotinsky was a rabble-rouser. He was a fanatic. Today they would have said he wears a tinfoil hat. 
If you let the government break the law in an emergency, it will create emergencies to break the law. Why is it that after two years of being in a, quote, state of emergency, which is quite tiring, I must say, but much more than that, much more than that, it has made us slaves. We have to, you know, I'm on WhatsApp lists of groups of people who are lovely people, and uh, they are totally immersed in the establishment. And I was there too. That's why I can talk. Lovely, lovely people all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long, all two years long. Where can I go get tested? Do I need a test for this? Where, how do I get my green pass? Blah, 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 blah. All in compliance with a bunch of politicians who make up rules as the as they change their underwear, as quickly as they change their underwear. You have to be in 14 days of of uh, quarantine if you have had the coronavirus, been exposed, etc. And then it went down to seven days. You have to wait if you come back from outside of Israel and you've been exposed or whatever. And now, as of uh, to uh, as of Wednesday this week, five days. And I keep remarking when everybody is so happy. Look, it's only going to be five days. I tell them, I hope that the coronavirus got the memo that they should know that after five days they can't infect anyone. The coronavirus, for those of you who think that I don't believe in it, it's nothing not to believe. I've had it. My entire family has had corona. It could kill people if you don't treat it. It has killed people, and most of the time because it wasn't treated. And thankfully, because of doctors like Dr. Zaev Zelenko and other doctors have found that a combination of certain things that you can get in the pharmacy and even your health food store can treat COVID when you get it if you treat the COVID early. When you first start seeing symptoms within the first five days, but as early as possible. And I can attest to that as well because my entire family went through COVID from the age of seven months uh, old from my grandson to my children, to my husband and I, to my 90-some-year-old parents who are not in good health, who have a lot of pre-existing conditions, especially my mother, and she didn't even need hospitalization. I was worried that she almost needed it because she was pretty bad because she's so old and because she has certain uh, medical problems. But we gave her the treatment. We treated it. And she didn't need hospitalization. But instead, the government is pursuing other things. Governments around the world are going for vaccines. They're going and they are paying for it. Why are they paying for this and for the advertisements the constant advertisements and the news and the media always telling us every day, this amount of people are sick, that amount of people are sick. It doesn't matter how many people really are sick. 
The important thing is how many people have died from it. How many people didn't survive it? Because the fact is, and take off your rose-colored glasses now and look at the facts. The fact is that 99.997% of the average healthy person that gets COVID recovers from it. I'm proof. And I'm not young and I'm not super, super healthy. I try to keep healthy, but I have my own old age things that have developed. But I'm relying on God's immune system. I'm trying to take care of my immune system. And I'm using the protocol and the prophylaxis. And thank God I'm still here at the mic talking with you. But the government isn't going that way. The government is pushing vaccines. And you'll be surprised to know, perhaps, that I don't have the complete, factual, full answer. I have my suspicions why. I have my suspicions why the hospitals are compliant because the hospitals get lots of money. Hospitals have operating rooms. They need to be used. If they're not scheduled, why is this hospital, why is this uh, operation room sitting empty? Let's get some more patients in there and use it so we can charge and make money. We have all this machinery for x-rays and for mammograms. Let's get it. Come on, get the people in there. Got to get it. Got to charge for it. The doctors perhaps have quotas. I don't know. If you're a head of a department and, it's not, and your beds aren't full and your, apart, your department's not making money, that's not good for the hospital. What kind of pressure might they be putting on the doctor there? Anyway, I'm veering off what I want to talk about. 24 months ago, would you have ever believed that you would be under house arrest because of a choice not to get something experimental injected into your arms? Yet here we are today. 24 months ago, would you have ever believed that you would become an enemy of the state an enemy of your community and even of your family for not wanting to muzzle your face? You never would have thought that 24 months ago. 24 months ago, would you have wondered that you have to ask the government and rely on the government to see whether they're allowing you to travel to see your family in the States or anywhere else in the world or a friend that you need their permission, that you need to get a medical test, a medical test for something that 99.997% of the people recover from, of the healthy people that get it. But you have to ask your government, why? We're going to be right back. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. 
That's right. If you let the government break the law in the times of an emergency, they will create emergencies to break the law. The noose gets tighter every day. We just don't realize it because they ease up. Then you think you're getting your freedoms back and then they clamp down again. Oh, now we've got Omicron. Oh, now we've got this. They'll always create something in order to keep a hold on us because why should a government, why should anyone give back power to people when they've already taken it and they don't need to? Because the people are complying, because the people are hypnotized, because the people are living in fear. I lived in fear at the beginning of this virus, especially because I had two elderly parents that came to move in with me because they're so old and we have to help them now and protect them. And I needed to protect them from this scary virus that was going around. We sterilized every item that came into the house. Do you know what it was like to go grocery shopping? The grocery bags sat outside my front doorstep. One kid took out an item polished it down with a, um, these, I don't know, they're like these throwaway uh, disinfectant uh, wipes, and then handed it to the next person who put it away. And every item brought home from the grocery store, every week, had to go through this. Even the vegetables and the fruits we would put into the sink, wash them with soap and water, let them sit and wait, and then <laughs> it was crazy. We were, we were insane. But I was not going to let my parents be in danger. And then God gave us a gift. He gave us COVID. We got it anyway. With all the effort we put in, all the fear we lived under, we got COVID. We used the uh, protocol of Dr. Zelenko, the prophylaxis first, and then the protocol. And we all survived it. And it was like receiving a ticket to freedom. I didn't have to live in fear anymore. My parents didn't have to live in fear anymore. My family didn't have to live in fear anymore. And I was able to then tell other people, it is not what we thought it was. Unless, of course, you don't treat it, then it could, God forbid, get very, very bad and people could die. But we had used the protocol. It had worked. And then time went on, and we see what other countries are doing and not doing. And we see the green passes being issued, a green passport. I call it the apartheid pass, not the green pass, but the apartheid pass. And I think that all of you should too. That's my opinion. And you look at a place like Florida. And I've asked this to people, trying to use common sense to wake people up. If we really need the masks, which are, by the way, I think very dangerous to us because if we breathe in our own saliva, our own bacteria over and over and over again, we're not breathing in good, uh, good air. We're breathing in our carbon dioxide that we exhale. It gets wet. It gets it's like a Petri dish we wear over our mouths, and we put this on our kids as well, our poor kids. And we put it on workers that every eight hours a day they have to wear this. It's terrible. But you look at Florida, no mask mandate. 
You look at Florida, no vaccine mandate. You would expect, if you believe, if you honestly believe, take off the rose-colored glasses, let's look at this logically. If we really need these things of masks and mandated vaccines, and this is what's keeping us safe and healthy and keeping the death toll low. I'm not going to even talk about how many people get the virus because we need to get herd immunity in order to get through this and get on with our lives and make the world a better place. Not return to what was because what was was a lot of corruption and we're seeing that bubbling up today. It's seeping through the cracks. It's coming up, oozing up out of the earth. We see it now. All the corruption in the CDC and the FDA and our government's in the pharmaceutical companies, in other companies as well. Look at the social media and the corruption. I don't want to go there right now. Just to, I just want you to look at Florida. You would have to admit that if the masks and the mandated vaccines are really saving us, then why aren't people dropping like flies in Florida? Why aren't there funeral possessions going down the streets all over the place in Florida? Why isn't the death toll on the front page of every newspaper in America laughing at Florida? Look, they're not using masks and they're not mandating vaccines and look at their death toll. Why aren't you seeing headlines like that? Why isn't this happening in Florida? They're walking without mask mandates and they're going around without ma- uh, vaccine mandates. Why, isn't, why aren't we seeing massive deaths in Florida? Well, maybe the masks don't have an effect of keeping people COVID-free. Maybe the vaccines aren't working, but we know that. We know the vaccines aren't working. The va- people are getting vaccinated for two reasons. One, they believe it is going to prevent them from getting COVID, but we've learned that it isn't. We've learned that people who've been vaccinated can still get COVID and can still pass it on to others. That's a fact. Now, the, now the, the pharmaceutical companies and the government's telling us, well, it'll make the symptoms easier and you might not die if you get COVID. So now they're already admitting you, will, you, you could get it. It won't stop it. So why get the vaccine? Why get something experimental? We don't have any long-term data about what it could do to our bodies or our children why inject something experimental into your bloodstream? Oh, I know why. Because the second reason, we trust our governments. Believe me, I want to love my government. I want to trust my government. But I don't. I don't anymore. I grew up thinking the policeman is your friend. But that's not the case in many, to- in many places and in many situations. You Change the word police for your government is your friend. What is government? Government is a bunch of people who were either elected or took power, even by force. That's your government. Doesn't matter how they got the power, but people who are in power. People can be corrupted. People are corrupted and people with power are almost 
are almost always corrupted. Look in history and see what governments have done to their own people. They've killed their own people. They imprison their own people. They starve their own people. But we don't want to believe this because it's too ugly. We don't want to go there. We want to stay in our comfort zones and think that the government really is about ideological people that we've elected into power and they have our best interests at heart. But not that doesn't mean that every politician is evil. Politicians will do lots of things. They'll go along with things because they feel that they have to, or they owe favors and they don't really want to do it. But look, you know, better that they're in power than someone else. So let's just do it and I'll do it benevolently, where someone else will do something that's not good for the people in a, a cruel way. I'll do it benevolently. I'll try to ease it off. People rationalize themselves all the time why they can do evil. Maybe they're being threatened themselves. Politicians are often groomed to be politicians, to go into these, this line of work in order to... Uh, and, and then the people above them know their weaknesses and can control them through that. But that's another show. I'm not going to go there right now. I just want you to realize that government is a thing which is made up of people who can be corrupted or can be swayed or fooled. They can be fooled just as you and I are fooled. Many of our politicians maybe really believe this as well. The time is going so fast in this show. I have so much to say. I want you to look at the world with honest eyes Put away your feelings of how you want the world to be, how you would like it to be. And you can go back to that after the show. If you still feel, I can't accept what Tamara's saying, I can't even go there, I can't even consider it, all right, take, put your colored, uh, rose-colored glasses back on. Hopefully one day you will be able to accept reality. We today have become slaves to our governments. And I love the line that comes from that movie, V for Vendetta. Govern uh, people shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Governments need checks and balances. Governments are constantly being, trying to be bribed by corporations and people with interests, etc. And so we've got to put checks and balances on them and on it to keep it straight, to keep them serving the people instead of interests and corporations and getting their pockets lined because it's very easy to fall into this. We're going to be right back. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, 
and personal power. The next couple of holidays coming up for the Jewish people is the Purim holiday and then Passover, the Pesach holiday. And my question to you is, can you honestly celebrate the Passover holiday this year? What are we celebrating over the Passover holiday? We're celebrating God taking us out of slavery, bringing us to the promised land, giving us the, giving us the Torah, bringing us to the promised land, and being a light into the nations. Let me ask you this question. How did slavery start back in the days of Pharaoh? Our sages say that it started as a very patriotic thing. Pharaoh comes to his people, the entire people, not just the Jewish people, the, all the Egyptian citizens saying, we need your help. We need you all to pitch in for the national cause. We need uh, this done and this done and this done, and everybody's going to volunteer your time because we're going to build Egypt even uh, better, etc., etc. And so everybody volunteered, including the Jewish people who were proud Egyptians by that time. And what happened was, slowly, slowly, it started to drizzle off the, the, non, uh, the non-Jews because Pharaoh wanted to enslave the Jews. He had said, let us uh, deal with them wisely and, uh, I forget the words, let, let us uh, deal with them wisely and um, whatever. And so he starts it that way and all of a sudden we find ourselves that we're still working and still working and still working and still working And we can't go home. We can't go back to our lives. We're now slaves of Pharaoh. And we did this on our own. We did it with a joyous heart. We did it as part of a national effort. As a human effort, we're going to all work together to get this done. And we wind up becoming slaves. And we were the ones who helped it happen. We were the ones who marched right into it, not realizing what we were doing. Does that sound a little bit like maybe today? Everybody, we got to get vaxxed. Everybody, we got to stay home and be under lockdown. Everybody, we've got to wear masks. We have to do what the government says. We can't travel. If you do travel, everybody's got to get the green pass, the apartheid pass. And then you find out you've become a slave without realizing it. What? I have to ask the government if I can travel? A bunch of politicians in my Knesset or my uh, parliament are going to tell me that I have to send my child to school. I have to vaccinate my child with an experimental uh, concoction that we don't have any long-term data on? Why? We've already had COVID, many of us. We find out too late that we are slaves and we have walked right into it. And we're doing it again 
today. I had somebody wrote me a letter how they were going here in Israel without a mask and how some people let them in and and didn't care and other people looked at them like they were disease spreaders and they were screamed at. We have to fight this. The more people who are normal, who are not afraid, who realize and can see the truth and will stand up for these rights, the more it empowers and strengthens others. I want to go back for a second in this last segment to Egypt. How did we get out of a slavery? Well, one, we prayed to God. We called out, we cried out, and God heard our cries. And what did God tell us to do? In order to be saved and to leave, we had to do something so extraordinary, so courageous, so life-threatening to prove our faith in God. We had to go and kill the God of Egypt and spread its blood upon our doorposts. Can you imagine being a slave under a host country and taking their God, which is a sheep, slaughtering it, and then taking the blood and putting it on your doorpost? You know, I don't think that we give our ancestors enough credit how brave and courageous they were to do such a thing. I mean, surely they could be killed and killed in a very terrible way. But they were more afraid of Hashem, of God. And if God told them to do that, then that's what they did. Because they had to kill that God. For themselves, they had to kill it. So they could recognize the true God and have the courage to serve the true God and not serve Pharaoh. We are in a spiritual war today. This is what I believe. And it's not a war to get our rights back. It's much bigger than that. It's not even a war for truth. It's much bigger than that. This is a war that we're fighting between darkness and light. It's a Hanukkah war that is lasting for two years now. It is a war where we have to decide, are we going to go on the comfortable side where the masses are? Or take the side of God? The masses are under a Marxist ideology of a Tower of Babel people. We're going to dethrone God. We're going to tell God what our destiny is. We'll become the masters of our own destiny. We don't need God to tell us what to do. We'll decide if a man is a woman, a woman is a man. We'll decide what is right and wrong. We'll decide what is moral and immoral. We'll decide what people can do and what people can't do. 
You know, in the Tower of Babel story, when a brick fell off the Tower of Babel, they cried more than if a person fell off because the brick took so long to make and to bring up there. And people, people were part of a collective. They were expendable. The individual didn't matter. And that's what we're seeing here. Individuals don't matter. So your parent will die alone. So your kid will die alone. They've got corona. You've got corona. We're going to take you away. We're going to put you in a health camp to keep you safe. That's the, how they market it. We can take the side where everybody's doing it, and it's good to be and comfortable to be with the masses. Or we can stand up, not for our rights even, and not for truth even, but for God. To stand up and kill that sheep, the God of this Pharaoh that we are slaves under. And we need the courage to do so. And what an opportunity God is giving us to be able to have an opportunity to really refine ourselves, to really make a stand, to really be something special, to really be a hero. Not every generation gets a, an opportunity like this. It is hard. It is difficult. It is scary. And I think if I can't even go someplace without a mask today because I'm too scared I might get yelled at or I might get a fine, and my ancestors were able to kill a sheep, the god of their host country, and put it on their doorstep, and they were slaves. Who am I? I can't even go out without a mask? I can't even defend myself? Well, I don't like the word defend, but I can't even speak up about why I choose to keep my bloodstream clean of any experimental concoctions. That I can say I'm not going to be part of this apartheid past system. So we need an anthem. And I was listening to this song, which I've loved ever since I heard it as a child. And that is from the, the play, The Man of La Mancha, The Impossible Dream. And I'm going to read out the lyrics to you because I want you to say it to yourself the next time you need to fight and bring truth to this world and wisdom and courage and reveal God in this world and not, quote unquote, the science that they've made their God and the scientists who, who have become their priests and the laboratories which have become their temples. To dream the impossible dream to fight the unbeatable foe, and it often seems like that, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave do dare not go. What a line. Amazing. To right the unrightable wrong, to love pure and chaste from afar, to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far. To fight for the right without question or pause. And this is perhaps the best line written in the history of mankind, at least in the English language. To be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest, 
that my heart will be peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest and the world will be better for this. You've been listening to The Tamar Yama Show. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 